We're talking about a life that is established in the promise-keeping God. Remember that the whole theme is the God of promises. He is a good God that has promised so much and that delivers all that he has promised. You know, God never fails to do what he has promised you. You see, there are promises that are written in the word of God that God made in the beginning. From the beginning, eh? he made a lot of promises, many of which have come to pass. We have seen them. They have been fulfilled. And yet there are those that are yet to come, which you and me ought to make manifest by serving in the kingdom of God. But also, there are some promises that God makes to us as individual Christians. Maybe while we are praying, God speaks to us and makes a promise and assures you of what you are going through, what he is going to do, or what is going to come, or what is going to happen. Congratulations if you can communicate with God to that level where he brings an assurance to you, where he makes a promise to you. That is the kind of life that we are talking about. A life that can communicate, converse with God like we are talking right now is in a face to face. It is a wonderful experience when you get to that kind of a point. So those are the promises that really you write down and you want to pursue and see if they have come to pass. The challenge with us Christians, particularly today's church, when God makes a promise to you, whether you are in prayer or wherever, you quickly cut off the prayer and the communication line and start running. Yeah, Even before you have heard the full instructions on how you are supposed to do what you are doing. And then you begin to do that according to you, not necessarily according to what he wanted. I think what we need, like I will share, is that a life that is established on God is a life that listens to the maximum. It's a life that does not run on emotions. It's a life that is steadfast. You see, it's a life that is really collected, cool and calm in hearing the voice of God. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear the voice of God, you get so excited. And if you are not careful, you miss the last instruction. Because God is a God of detail. Hallelujah. So one of the biggest instructions that God gives you when your life is established on him is... Believing in God. Hebrews chapter number 11. Let's start there. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 6. I want to first of all open my New King James Version. And then I will read from the one that is on the screen. Let's go. You can put it. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. 
beautiful scripture. Listen to my version. It says that, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I love this one. But keep that one up there. <laughs> you see, ladies and gentlemen, if your life or if your intention is to build a life that will glorify God, that will manifest who God is in your life, the first thing that you need to do is to believe. Yeah? Believe. And believe what? Believe that God is. He is who he says he is. He is not who the world say he is. There is a difference, ladies and gentlemen. Your God is who he says he is in the Bible. Are you with me this morning? Yeah? He is not necessarily who your granny says he is. It's not necessarily who the world say he is. Before you would hear what the world thinks and say about God, know who God says about himself. And he speaks about himself in the word of God. Because when you know and believe him according to him, then you know that you are ordering your steps according to him. And the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. And if God is going to order your steps, you must believe that he is who he is. If you read the book of Isaiah, he specifically introduces himself now and again to the children of Israel as I am the God. There is none besides me. And he says a lot of things. The God who creates heavens and earth. Maybe let me just read one or two of those things to just help somebody this morning so that you can hear and understand what God says. Maybe let's read Isaiah chapter number 44 and I will read maybe from verse 24. That says the Lord your Redeemer. Eh? Who is God? Your Redeemer. And he who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who makes all things. Who stretches out the heavens all alone. Who spreads abroad the earth by myself. Who frustrates the signs of the babblers. And drives diviners mad. Who turns wise men backward. And makes their knowledge foolishness. It's a lot of things. Who is God? That's God. The creator of heavens and earth. You see, you, you can walk with a false god if you don't know who God is according to himself. And that is the danger that many of us these days face. Because the world will describe God the way of the world. And he does not function fully in your life if you don't know him according to him. So any life that is established on God must know which God. Otherwise, you will just fall into a slogan 
of God, 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 and you don't know the God that you are dealing with. This God you are dealing with, ladies and gentlemen, outside him there is no other God. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He was, he is, and shall always be. Before anything, he was. And he does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you believe that, that he is, then you can walk with God. And the Bible says, he then rewards those who seek him. You don't seek what you don't know. You don't pursue what you don't know. If you want to seek Jesus or if you want to seek God, know him. That's why a man like Paul would still write that I may know him. I thought Paul already knew Christ. But he would write to the Philippian church and say that I may know him. Meaning I know him, but I still don't know him. There is a lot to know him. You see, you cannot finish God. And that's why we don't need to understand God by our thoughts, but by our hearts. Because God is believed. You can understand him by believing. Because if you are going to walk with God, you have a relationship that is defined by one word in the Bible. And that word is called faith. And faith is a result of believing. And believing that God is. And therefore trusting that who he say he is will always come to pass. He doesn't function and operate outside who he says he is. Hallelujah. So if you want to know him and know him better and deeper, commit yourself in the knowledge of him according to him. Hallelujah. Not according to your denomination. Not according to your bishop, not according to your prophet, not according to anything else, but according to him. The reasons or the things that divide the current church is because we define God according to our denominations, according to our man of God who claim to have seen God. If this God is the same, why is that denomination seeing a different God? That one sees a different thing, and that one a different thing. I think there is something wrong there, ladies and gentlemen. But God is here. He's defined here. And you are going to build yourself according to this word. Because he tells us who he is in his world. And our duty is therefore to diligently seek him diligently pursue him diligently walk with him and when we do that he is not a silent God let me assure you this morning God is very noisy he speaks the problem or the challenge with you and me is that God speaks softly and tenderly he does not shout and because we are used to shouting we want to hear him shout so that when he whispers, you don't necessarily hear. So that's why you'll have to incline your ear. 
teach your ear to pay attention because he speaks in the midst of the noise in the world. He is still speaking softly and tenderly because he desires that your ear will be inclined to his voice. You will pay attention to what he is saying. And if you are the one who is paying attention to the noise, you know the world has a lot of vibes, ladies and gentlemen. Eh? There's a lot of things, a lot of noise. And in the world, we love the noise. Eh? You go somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. They don't even know how to play their radios for themselves. They play for the whole neighborhood. Yeah? Come December, you go and you'll hear. That one there, that one there, that one there. That's the noise. We love the noise. And we miss the voice of God in our noises. Are you with me this morning? I just want to show you something, ladies and gentlemen. That about it, not the Bible, but this is how I put it here from Hebrews 11. Nothing so pleases God as a steadfast faith in all that he is and the promises to do. This is what pleases God. That your faith is so focused on who he is. Before the promise, learn the character. Learn the man. Learn the God of the promise. Don't rush with the promise without knowing the God who promised. That promise will not come to pass in your life. It will come to pass through your relationship with him. So your love is not on the promise. Your love is on the one who has promised. I'm not sure if you are listening to me this morning. You are building a relationship with the one who has made the promise. If you run for the promise, the world calls you a gold digger. Hello. Because gold ticking is about the gold and not about the one who holds the key. That's why in the world they will kill each other and manipulate each other. But with God, you run with the promise, the one who has promised. Because the one who has promised keeps the promise. Because the one who keeps the promise fulfills the promise. Are you with me this morning? That's what we need to run with. That's what we need to understand. What he has promised and how he is going to do what he is going to do. And if only you would believe for all things are possible to him that believes. That's what the Bible says. Ladies and gentlemen, an established life on God is a life of faith. It's a life of believing. And when you believe, the Bible says all things are possible. Which things are these? Are all the things that he has promised. They are possible to you when you believe in him who has made the promise. Listen to me this morning. There is no promise of God in the Bible that is not available for you as long as you believe God. As long as you are steadfast in your faith, walk with him. Every promise is yours. Because Jesus has already created the atmosphere of manifestation. Those promises have already said yes to you. 
Meaning they have already availed themselves to you. And they can only manifest in your life when you believe. Are you with me this morning? So do you really believe in him? Don't believe half-heartedly. Believe holistically. Believe with all your being, with all yourself, with your all, everything. Believe in this God and trust in him and he shall do it, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. If you look at the Bible, the same chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, that is a powerful chapter. And you look at probably, let's look at from verse number 32 and look at the faith of the patriarchs. How those guys had their lives so rooted in the God that they believed. Those guys knew their God. No one would sway them. No one would take them away from who their God was. It didn't matter the circumstances around them. The guys kept with God. If you compare the guys that we are going to read about in Hebrews 11, verse 32, what they did because of their faith and the lack, and compare them with us, you will see a difference. Unfortunately, it's not a good one. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, Samuel, and the prophets. Let's go. Who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weaknesses, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to fight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. These guys were powerful. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and God's destitute, afflicted, mistreated of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Lives rooted in God. Lives established in God. Nothing would change their faith. Nothing would make them run away. In fact, they desired to die more, knowing that dying was a gain and nothing else. They could not stop. They did everything. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me. If you are a believer whose life is fully established on Christ, your life will manifest a lot of things. The Bible says signs and wonders are for you and your children. Christian life or Christianity, ladies and gentlemen, is not an ordinary life. It's not a common kind of life. It is a life of signs and wonders. It's a mystery life. It's a life that produces things that confound the wise of the world. When we live it fully in Christ, it produces uncommon seed, uncommon things. That's how it ought to be. Like it was in those days. It ought to be now. Ladies and gentlemen, more so that you have known Jesus. The very promise that these guys were waiting for and they did not see, you have seen it. 
it has been fulfilled to you. Now you are walking, you are operating, you are functioning in a perfect power, the power of his resurrection. You can do more than what those guys did. That's why Jesus says, if you believe in me, the things I do, you shall do. And the greater things than these. You and me are in the dispensation of greater things than these. But the challenge maybe is that our lives are established in the church and not in Christ. Our lives are established in religion and not in our God. We know church more than we know Jesus. We know the man of God more than we know the son of God. We know things. We, we know, I mean, activism. We know this and that more than we know who Christ is. Our focus is not on Jesus we are not building much on him. We are building much on our heresy. We're building much on the word of the world. We're building much on our egos. And not on Christ. My invitation this morning is that even as we journey in this life, we will choose to allow the spirit of God to build us on Christ and allow Jesus to build us. And he says a Upon this rock, which is the son of the living God, I shall build my church against which the gates of hell shall not prevail. And you are that church. Do you know that you are powerful? Do you know that you are mighty? Do you know you can shut the mouth of lions? Do you know you can do extraordinary things? It is not about your age. It is not about your size. It is not about your level of education. No, 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 no. We are never told that all these guys had gone to a university. They didn't. But they did mighty things because their lives were connected with the life giver. They were connected with the eternal life giver who is God. These are the guys who were called and chosen and who chose also to abandon everything and live for God. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me this morning. It doesn't necessarily mean that when your life is established on God in this way, you will not enjoy the things you want to enjoy in this life. You will enjoy double. With God, there is always a double portion of all his things. He doesn't take you away from enjoying what you want to enjoy. He doesn't stop you from visiting the Vic Falls. He doesn't stop you from going to the beach and putting on those little shorts and swimming in the sea and jumping in the waves and having fun and everything. No, he doesn't stop you. You can still go and enjoy but you are established, you are built on the Lord Jesus Christ. You are rooted in him and grounded in him. And when you go into those waves, they feel the creator has come in. And maybe they begin to do better than they are doing right now. Because you are connected with the one who created you. They ought to bow, man. Why then should we bow to God's creation? No, that's not God's choice for you and me. God's choice for you and me is that where we walk, things bow. Jesus would walk, demons would scream. Yeah? 
and persuade him. At some point, they, sorry, they persuaded him. Say, no, 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 no. Please don't cast us. Maybe they were afraid of the fire. Just, just put us in the pigs. <laughs> and said, okay, go. And then the pigs said, no ways. We can't have demons. We would rather die. And they ran into the sea, drowned and died. Ladies and gentlemen, they are not demons in pigs. Those that had demons drowned and they died. So you can still eat your pig. You are not eating a demon. How is your life these days? What did COVID do to your life? Your Christian life? How is your faith like? Where is it these days? Are you really feeling God the way you were in 2019? Hmm? Because many of us, we last had the feel, just the feel of him before the COVID outbreak. Come February 2020, God had abandoned us. Where is God? How can these things happen? Where is God? Those questions must be asked by nanny believers. Not you and me. Because you and me know that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is He's God. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He promised, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you to the very end. Through COVID, three days we are together. Are you with me? So we don't ask those questions. If we are really established in God and we know him, we don't ask them. Those are not our questions. Hallelujah. Let the world ask. Let the world continue to disbelieve. Continue believing. For all things are possible to you when you believe that he is God. That he is faithful. He who has promised is faithful. That he will show up on your behalf. He will show up in your circumstances. He will show up. He does not show up at your own time, at your own hour, but at his hour. But the truth is he will show up. So keep trusting and keep believing. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter what happens hereafter. Keep believing. Because God is God. You have heard me this morning. So establish your life and establish things, family. These guys believed. They were obedient. They trusted even when they were mocked by the world. They would not be swayed. Do you know that the world mocks Christians? Yeah? That's why a lot of us here can't tell people that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We just say, no, we go to church. That's not enough. Demons go to church also. Nangas go to church. Witches go to church. Thieves go to church. Yeah? Anything goes to church. So that's not enough for a child of God to define themselves with. I don't go to church. I am born of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. An ambassador of Christ. My name is Ambassador KK. That's who we are. Are you listening to me? 
These guys were obedient. They, they did not beat by the bush and hide so that they can fit in. No, it's either the world takes you as you are or rejects you as you are. You are fine with it because you follow the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have seen how these guys carried themselves. A life established on God, ladies and gentlemen, is a life full of testimonies. The Bible says we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. God has done his part by shedding or shedding the blood on the cross. Now it is your turn to produce the testimony of the finished work on the cross of Calvary. Where is the testimony? We can't be like the world. I am trying to encourage you this morning. Don't be common. Don't be like anyone else as a Christian. Your life must have a testimony of Calvary. A testimony of what happened there. Your life must preach Christ. So that life established is a life of testimonies. A life established on God is a life of perseverance. You don't quit. You don't give up. You persevere. It doesn't matter how many times the world beats you up. You fall, you rise, and go. The Bible says the righteous man will fall how many times? Seven times and keep rising. Yeah? Keep rising. Don't fall and run away from God. Uh-uh. You would not have known God. Those who have known God, it doesn't matter how they fall, they will rise and run with God. David is a man after God's own heart. How many times did he fall? And kept rising and repenting and persevering and moving on because there was a destiny. There was a destiny. And Jesus would come as the son of David. The root of David. Are you with me this morning? A life established in God is a life of fruitfulness. Christian life is a fruitful life. I don't know where we got this, but now I understand that we have been deceived. Do you know that a lot of us Christians envy the non-Christians' lives? Because our focus is on material things. They've got bugs. You don't even know how they got the bugs. Yeah? And we envy that and we think that is fruitfulness. That's not fruitfulness. I'll show you what fruitfulness is like when we are talking about a life in Christ Jesus. Go with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Maybe let's start from verse number 7. What does it say? If you abide in me, that's a condition. If you abide in me, you, 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 you. Bella, you can be a Christian without abiding in Christ. So if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Hallelujah. Let's move on. By this my father is glorified. By what? There are two things. In verse 7. By your abiding in Christ. Eh? 
by the word of God abiding in you, the Father is glorified. But in verse number 8 also, there is another condition that glorifies the Father. How is the Father glorified? That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. You prove to be my disciples by bearing much fruit, not just fruit. But much fruit, ladies and gentlemen, having money is just fruit. Because anyone in the world can have money. Human beings were created to make money and have it. And it's not the fruit of the kingdom of God. It's the fruit of thinking correctly and appropriately. Are you listening to me? But the fruit of the kingdom of God, it's called much fruit and proving that you are God's disciples. A life that is established on the Lord Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen, produces a fruit that is called Christ-likeness. It produces a fruit of being like Jesus. Like they saw in Corinth that, wow, these guys have been with Christ. They talk like Jesus. They walk like Jesus. They smell like Jesus. They love like Jesus. Yeah? They laugh like Jesus. They fellowship like Jesus. They look like him and sound like him. That is the fruit the Bible is talking about. Christ-likeness. If we were to walk in this world with impact, with much fruit, may the world see Christ in you and me. Before they do that, we have not produced much fruit that proves that we are his disciples. If the world still counts us in their schemes, it means we are not producing what we ought to produce. We are still producing that which is of the world. Because the fruit that we produce, the world cannot comprehend and the world will resist. So if the world still loves you and if you still want to be loved by the world, it might mean you are doing well, congratulations. But it might also mean you are still producing what the world loves. Anything that is of God, the world will reject. The world will resist. The world will condemn. The world will fight against. And guess what? When the world resists you, you produce more. And your fruit overcomes. And that's why Jesus says, no, we will know them by their fruit. Not by clapping hands and dancing at church and all that. Anyone can do that. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been to meetings with the demonic men who say amen. Demonic men. Yeah, who say hallelujah. Yeah. You speak and speak afterwards, they come and say, ah, oh, that was powerful. But they got nothing. 
three weeks ago, yes, I think three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, we're in Bridge. We had a, we're officially opening a new secondary school there that World Vision built. And we invited a pastor, a friend, called Pastor Bishop Mantlasbanda to speak. We had politicians, ministry, officials, government, and whoever, and they, they were there. And they were introducing themselves in their hierarchs and everyone else according to their party. There is only one party that is allowed to introduce itself in those gatherings. Others, they don't. They're not allowed. So they introduced and the pastor stood up to, to preach. Because wherever we do, we preach. He, he went. He was talking about the transgenerational mindset. A leadership that builds for other generations. Not for itself. Was that not power? Did we not see some protest from some other people who thought the message was directed to them? <laughs> I loved that. Because that's what the word must do. When you speak and they stand up and clap hands for you and they give you money, go and they cry. <laughs> you have not represented Christ. But when you have spoken the mind and the heart of the Lord, they will come to you and say, who do you think you are? Then you know you hit it home. Congratulations. Get into your car and say, thank you, Jesus. Hit them harder. They hate me. That's the fruit. That's the fruit you produce. Ladies and gentlemen, as Christians, I'm coming to an end. We cannot enjoy fitting in. We cannot enjoy men's praises in the market. We don't produce a fruit that men ought to praise. We produce a fruit that must force men to comply to the details of heaven. Because we represent the kingdom of our God. And the kingdom of our God is the kingdom of light. It has nothing to do with the kingdom of darkness. When we speak, darkness must flee. In Jesus' mighty name. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I have a lot to say, but I think my time is gone now. I will need to... Just run through. Give me three minutes. Let's run through those things. Let's leave the script. Let's run through the last things. That a life that is established in God, according to John 15, go and read there, it produces this. You are effective in prayer when you are established in God. The prayer of a faithful man produces much, much power. When you stand up to say, let's pray, even before you open your mouth, demons must start coughing. When you have prayed, no one comes to you. They must fear you. Effective prayer life. That's a life. Elijah would stand and say, let it not rain. When the skies obey shall be. Are you guys listening to me? I have no time to give some testimonies. Let's move on. A life that is established on God, it has fruit bearing that glorifies God. 
Everything you do glorifies God. God is pleased with what you are doing. Have you seen my faithful servant Job? Have you seen my faithful servant Simon Zulu? Have you seen my faithful servant there, Chris and the life? The life you conduct or live by it produces fruit that glorifies your God. May the world glorify God through what you do in your business, in your family, in whatever you are doing. May they come and say, how do you do this? Tell us. And you say, Jesus. Before you say, okay, I went to Harvard University. No, it's not about Harvard University. They also went to Harvard University. But they are failing to do things. But you, you are doing it. So don't start with Harvard. Start with Jesus. Because you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid to say to people, it is Jesus. Because your life is to witness Jesus. Let's move on. That life demonstrates discipleship. Who disciples you? Jesus. We can disciple you here as elders. But ladies and gentlemen, the biggest disciple is the Lord Jesus Christ. Through the Holy Spirit. How submitted are you to the Holy Ghost? To teach you. Because the Bible says he teaches us all things. All things. Meaning all things things. Yeah? He leads us unto all the truth. Are you looking for the truth? I have some truth, but the Holy Spirit has all the truth. Do you see that? It disciples us. But our lives, when they are fixed on Christ, they demonstrate this. And what else do we have? Our joy is full in Christ's joy. The joy of the Lord becomes our strength. When we are established, even when there is nothing, we are joyful. Yeah? Even in pain, we can put on a smile. We laugh in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> because there is a joy, an unconquerable, unquenchable feeling of excitement inside of you. Because you know Christ in me. Christ is with me. And you are in Christ Jesus. Are you with me? Do we have anything? Finished. And the last thing is you walk in brotherly kindness. When you are established in the Lord Jesus Christ, you walk in brotherly kindness. Ladies and gentlemen, I pray that even as we go out, even as we live, even as we do what we are doing, we will love one another. By this they shall know that you are my disciples. By this they shall know that you are abiding in me. By this they shall know that my word abides in you. By this they shall know that you are my friends, you are my brothers. By this they shall know that you are born of God, that you love one another. So go love one another. Here. Stop loving them first. Love here. And by loving this, the world will know that you are my brothers indeed. That you are born of God and not of the world. In the world, they hate each other. That's why they are comrades. They are not friends. They are comrades. Here, we are friends, brothers and sisters. God bless you. God inspire you. God keep encouraging you. 
Keep abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. And may his word dwell in you richly. So it can grow in you and prevail over your circumstances. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus this morning for the ministry of your word. And for the opportunity, Lord, to hear your word. We, we thank you that without your word we can do nothing. For you have said in John 15, Lord, that without Christ we can do nothing. So we thank you that we are abiding in Christ. We are built in Christ. We are rooted in Christ. We are grounded in Christ. We are complete in Christ. We are hidden in Christ. And we are seated with him this morning in the heavenly places in him. Far above every principality, every power, every mighty, every dominion and every name called now and to be called in the future. We thank you, Lord, for the power of of your word and your anointing on our lives. Continue to guide us. Continue to lead us as your church that we may shine for Jesus in this generation. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen and amen.